everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. And welcome to the third ever podcast of ZBooks, Successful Authors Podcast. Last time, we had Mike Shreve, a master of science fiction and Facebook ads. And this time, we have a master of nonfiction and SEO. We have the one and only Dave Chesson from Kindlepreneur.com. So instead of me blabbing, let's say hi to Dave. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me here. Oh, it's uh, thanks for coming. I mean, uh, this is great stuff, and I, I'm really stoked to have you on because I have been scraping your website for all it's worth. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> you got so much good content. I'm not even done. I don't even know where to start. Of course, I got all of your your cheat sheets and stuff. And uh, well, let's just talk about it. Um, how long have you been doing this? Well, I've been doing online marketing for about three and a half years. I know that doesn't sound like much, but when I got into it, I really got into it. So I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And Kindlepreneur.com is actually only eight months old, so kind of wow. crazy. And um, what is your main thing, ebooks? Well, yeah, it's my story really started that I started, I created all these niche websites, right? And I was gaining all this traffic where people were coming there and they were reading, you know, this basically it's nonfiction information, right? It's, uh, right. you know, how to's or, you know, just niche subjects. And people were going there and they were clicking on ads and I was, you know, making a little bit of money here and there. But I kept thinking to myself, you know, there's got to be a way to monetize this better. You know, here mm -hmm. I have like right. 10, 20,000 people a month going to all these different websites and I'm making, you know, maybe a thousand dollars total. I'm like, there's got to be some way to do this. So one day somebody's like, well, you got to create your own product if you really want to make money. And I thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, how do I do that? This is a little difficult. Uh, and then I realized, man, I just wrote a whole website. Why not take that information, compile it together and create my own ebook and then promote that on the websites. And once I started doing that, the, it just it skyrocketed. I mean, it was it was there. And mm -hmm. the key was was that I already had the traffic. Mm -hmm. So um, let's take the the internet guru Pat Flynn, right? He had a really high uh, high valued information product, and he when he got laid off in 2008, he turned on his website and started selling his book from there. And that's also one of his uh, keystones is good SEO. And so you, you kind of uh, – you had the – you had it set up. You had it primed already with your websites. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. uh, well, let's look at like the Amazon, you know, platform, right? Right. Amazon, when they first started with producing ebooks, okay, like self-published books, there – it was what? 2010, there were only 400,000 ebooks out there. Okay, mm -hmm. 400,000. If we fast forward to today, there's over 4 million. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible increase in competition. Did the amount of traffic going to Amazon increase that much? Not at all. So what does that mean? Is That means that people who are publishing on Amazon and just hoping for Amazon's own traffic, mm -hmm. they're fighting with over 4 million people, and it's kind of ruthless. <laughs> so – the way that I do it is instead of just depending on Amazon as your source of traffic to hopefully buy your book, I do my own metrics and I do my own things to make sure to send people to my book. And this does one of two things. One, I have a higher conversion rate because I've already pre-sold them at somewhere else. But mm -hmm. two, it also tells Amazon that, man, my book is like popular. It's, it's, it's more popular and it converts better than these other books on the same subject. We better rank it higher in the Amazon search results. So all of a sudden now I'm getting even more traffic because I pop up number one 
over the you know 10 or 20 others that are out there. So you're using or the technique is to get a good SEO going on your website to make the difference in Amazon, right? Well, actually, kind of the way you need to think about it is just anything you can do to increase traffic. So, yes, Mm -hmm. SEO on a website is one way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guest posting on somebody's website is another. If you don't want to own your web website, you know, make sure you choose a good website to write for. Uh, You can do like hub pages, which is a great place where you can just start writing articles. Uh, Uh You can go to like Quora.com, which is an answer, you know, question answer site. Yeah. I mean, there's all these different ways. Now, some people will say, hey, social media is great. You know what I think social media is? Hmm. It's like blowing into a balloon that's got a hole in it. <laughs> okay. Once you stop blowing, it deflates. It's gone. I don't really like that. I don't want to have to continuously blow into that balloon just to keep the sails afloat. Right. So, oh boy. Yeah, we're, we're scratching a lot of things right now. Um, Let's go, though to the 800-pound gorilla in the room. What about the last algorithm changes in Amazon? Did they hit you hard, or what do you think about the new uh, policies in Amazon? Not at all. Uh, So Amazon's algorithm actually has a really cool name. It's called A9, right? Uh And A9 uh, basically focuses on conversions. That's its number one factor, okay? Uh It doesn't matter if you have two i mean they 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 affect the rankings but let's face it if i have mm-hmm. only two reviews and you have 40 but mm-hmm. 50% of the people that amazon sends to my page actually buy a book and only 2% buy your book mm-hmm. guess who's going to rank better cuz yeah. it's all about proving to amazon that you deserve to be ranking there and therefore you deserve to have the sales mm-hmm. so you can look at the little things like you know having keywords in your title or in your summary you can look at the other aspects you know like um you know, a number of reviews and page clicks and things like that. And I've got a whole PDF on Kindlepreneur basically laying all those out for anybody who's like, oh, man, I need to check this out. You know, I got to do this. But when it all comes down to it, it's all about the conversions. It's all about the percentage of people that go to your page Mm -hmm. and buy the book. Sales. Mm -hmm. Sales, exactly. And what about the new payout scheme with KDP Select and uh K-E-N-P, Kindle Normalized Pages. This is where a lot of people are jumping the boat and saying, okay, I'm going wide now. They're all mad that they're not getting paid for Lent books but pages read. Well, you know, that's actually something I don't really get into. I don't really do the KDP or the KU. And the reason being is that I'm if I'm selling pre-qualified buyers to my page, why give them the free version of it? <laughs> yeah, but we're back to SEO and having your own website, right? That and all the other different traffic generating uh, strategies mm-hmm. that are out there, which is what I kind of focus on teaching people, you know, at my website at Kindlepreneur. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it really works out well. Um, if if you were to get into KU or KDP, which a lot of people do, as mm-hmm. kind of a way to kickstart their sales or to you know get those reviews and things like that, um, those are definitely some different strategies. But truly, I think to be able to kind of control your own destiny and not be you know dependent on the ku algorithm change that they did or any of that other stuff you control your traffic you control your sales so this dovetails perfectly into the thing that i'm always ranting and raving about uh because i'm in noah kagan's business course this thing and it's all about validation now i know people don't usually validate their books like like a product maker does like a so uh, so we have hot, hard and soft validation techniques. So what do you do? You were, I mean, this, this is just about having your own website, right? We were, you're just talking about. So do you validate your books before you make them? Go for pre-sales or see uh, how many people are signing up for the whatever, the, the, the first copies? Or, or do you just pick a niche and go for it? Well, I'll pick a niche and go for it, but see, I don't just I don't jump into writing the book yet. Right. I will basically analyze the market. I mean, there are so many great tools out there like Google Analytics um yeah. and uh you know like Amazon Associate that mm-hmm. will tell me a lot about the people who end up going to the website. So with Google Analytics, I can tell, you know, the average age of the people, where they came from, what they did, where they went, uh, where they came from, all that. And that's really good data. 
But when I use an Amazon associate link, okay, mm-hmm. and somebody clicks on that, I get a percentage of the sales that that person buys in right. 24 hours. So say, for example, you go to my site and it's on, you know, I don't know, like say it's fantasy books and you click on it and you're like 23 hours later, you're like, hey, I want to buy that giant screen TV. Then sweet. I get a percentage of that sale. I didn't know that. That's not the important part, though. Yeah, yeah. It's 24 hours. 24 hours. Yep. They drop a little cookie on your uh, computer and it monitors and then it gives me a little, uh, you know, 7%, 7 to 9% based off of what you do. I knew about the affiliate links, but I didn't know about the 24-hour window. Uh, like I said in the last podcast, I, I, I use affiliate links too. And one time I got 20 bucks for a sale. And I'm like, well, how did that happen? You know, <laughs> he probably well, went my book to a TV. And actually, there's a really cool tactic out there that's even better than just getting the money. What I want to know is what are the people buying? Okay. Huh. So when people are clicking on my links, I get to find out what my traffic, the people who I have somehow targeted, okay, in this website, what are they going to buy? What books are they looking at? What you know, other products are they looking at? This can tell me a lot. Um, now, now so I've, it can help I'm, me sorry, to find the ahead. competitors, yeah. and it can help me to figure out you know uh, which books I should look at. I mean, it just gives me a lot of insight, and that's even before I've written the, my own book. Right. So how do you do that? I have an associate link and account and all that stuff, and I don't see all that information you're talking about. How do you do that? Well, uh, you can go to your Amazon Associate dashboard, right? and they just updated it, so it's actually pretty sleek. Beforehand, it was like 1990s. So I was like, <laughs> good Lord, Amazon, yeah. come on, get with the times. Yeah. Um, but when you go there, you can actually click to see like what time of the day people actually clicked your links, which one's actually converted, and there's a list at the bottom that will list all of the items that you are – you know that you should be paid for. And in the columns they'll have one that says that the person clicked on your link and then the next one will say that they bought it. Or the next column after that will be, you know, no this didn't come from your link but it is something they bought within 24 hours. So, you can tell uh what was direct and what was indirect. Ah, cuz yeah, I, I'm going to go check that out. I didn't see that you could see what then they went to afterwards. So, you're talking about you put your your associate link on your websites that are mm-hmm. op, uh, optimized, of course, and you're running people to your book with your associate link. Okay. Absolutely. That is some golden stuff there. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you research your books, you choose a profitable niche, and then what is your launch sequence? Well, after that, after you have, after you have a set website that is bringing in its own traffic or you have a method that's bringing in its own traffic, all you have to do is once once you've written your book, you put it right in there. Okay. That's it. It's it's already a part of a of a funnel that's working and it's working well. Hmm. So now, yeah, now I'd say that to do this process, it's I don't pump out you know a book a week by right. any means. Um, right. I would say that to do the whole process takes me I would say about three months, maybe four. Uh-huh. Uh, but the key, though, is is that once I've done it, once I've set up the process and I have my book connected to the website and I'm you know, funneling that traffic, it does it forever. I mean, yeah. so long as people are typing into Google those phrases, I am consistently generating that income. And that truly is the definition of passive income. That is awesome. I've, I've learned this by mistake once with one of my books that is not in Amazon. It was one of my first questions to my readers, to Amazon or not to Amazon. And I just got lucky because one of my main techniques is to uh, write a bunch of blogs, throw the spaghetti on the wall and see what works the best. Because I knew nothing about SEO back then. I still don't. <laughs> and um, so what? And then I saw one of the blogs started picking up and I put a book on it and it's selling more than it did on Amazon. I put it in on Gumroad. I use my Gumroad link, and it sells mm-hmm. more on my blog than it ever did on Amazon. And now I can offer it in PDF and this and that and packages for the same book, and I'm getting three times more than I got on Amazon. So, so the question is now, how do we systemize that? Because I did it by accident, throwing the spaghetti on the wall. So um, what is then the very first... SEO method that a noob author like me and the others should do for his book or website. So how do you SEO for the newbie? (laughs) Well, 
the first thing is is that I like to think of SEO as learning the language of your particular market, okay? Mm-hmm. SEO is is all about finding keywords or keyword phrases that have low competition but high traffic, okay? Now, that sounds like it's mythical, like that doesn't exist, you know, like we're searching for Bigfoot here. That's not the case. There's there's so many opportunities out there. Um, (laughs) But what I mean by learning your your target market's language is I may call – say, for example, resumes, right? Right. I may call it a resume. The person Mm -hmm. next to me may call it a curriculum vitae, and the person next to him may call it a CV. Right. But to understand that people are using those terms – Okay, or to understand that there is like zero competition for curriculum vitae, Mm -hmm. but there's still like 360 people a month typing that in. That is powerful. And so you Mm -hmm. start by really becoming a keyword person. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, you can find keywords by using tools, or you can go to like the free Google uh, AdWords planner. Keyword planner, yeah. Yeah, keyword planner, whatever they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't recommend that too much because while it will tell you how many people type it into it, so you know, you know what the uh, um, traffic is for it, mm-hmm. you, it really doesn't do a good job of telling you if it's competitive or not. It may see say uncompetitive, but that doesn't mean anything. That could that could take you years, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, could, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, so it's all about making sure that you know mm-hmm. how to find keywords. So can we make like a checklist? So the first step for the noob is to uh, get the right keywords or get in the head of his target customer? Absolutely. Find find keywords that have high traffic and low competition. Okay, and, and, and then what? So I've got several book pages. I, I research my keywords, and then I put them in the head tags or everything I can do or not too much or blast them all over my website or – well, at this point, we're starting to really get into some some juicy information that honestly <laughs> would, would probably take days of discussing. Uh, now, SEO SEO can seem like it's very complicated. I you know there are some great websites out there like uh, Backlinko by Brian Dean. Oh yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Or Spencer Hawes. Right. You know, right. Niche long Pursuits. tail. Long tail yep, pro. Long, yep, which is the program I I actually like the most. That's the one that I use. Is That's on my pro. shopping list. Nice. If you want to use something that's that's free but it's like quick and easy, it's kwfinder.com. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, it does exactly like Longtail Pro, but you only get to do it like five times a day. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, otherwise that's you'd have to tip. pay. But yeah, that one's that one's a real quick one. So if you want to verify something or you know, um, that's that's the one that I would recommend going to. Now, once you've found that keyword or so, I would honestly say just. You know, continue to follow some of the SEO blogs, kind of read up on them, but just mm-hmm. just do it. Just get out there and do it. Right. I mean, okay. you've kind of got the map to success once you have the keyword. After right. that, well, you, it's just writing. Really? So, well, you gave us the map to success, uh, getting the right keywords, the target keywords, uh, having a blog or website as part of your uh, funnel or your, your stream, and then uh, – so what should the noob be monitoring? What makes sense for a guy that just made his book blog and, okay, he did his keyword research? What should we be monitoring uh, as an actual you know, uh, sensible metric? Well, I would say two things that I like to monitor the most, and we kind of discussed this, was one, Google Analytics. I want to see that my traffic is increasing, mm-hmm. you know, and two, I want to monitor that Amazon associate link, uh, list. I want to see, you know, are people clicking the links from those people that are clicking? How many people are actually purchasing? Um, okay. So that kind of tells me whether or not this is worth, you know, writing the book. Okay, if right. nobody's clicking the links, like they're going to the website and they're reading it, but they're not clicking my links, then then this is not going to help do book sales. Right. Or it could be that you, you know, I have a lot of people clicking the links, but you know, it, it's a it's a market that's very, you know, very thrifty. Um, you know, penny pinchers. And so mm-hmm. they don't want to pay, you know, mm-hmm. 10 bucks for a book or $3 yeah. for a book. They're just going to search somewhere else. You know, so it's really when you set up your website, it's to validate whether or not it's worth the time to write. Right. The book. right. And even if you back off, you know, like, hey, you know what? This ain't worth worth writing a book for. Mm-hmm. You're still making money from AdSense and Amazon Associate. You know, you're still generating mm-hmm. a passive income. You can just move on yeah. to the next project and keep that money. Every month. Right. So, uh, yeah, but you validate on your website before you make the book. You're monitoring the traffic 
and the associates. But what are you sending them to before you write this particular book? Well, in this case, I'll just send them to my competitors or oh. you know the potential future competitors. Oh, ah, okay, yeah, interesting, interesting, yeah, okay. Um, what is your long-term strategy? So when we launch a book, then we always have that bump in the beginning, you know, and then it trails off into oblivion. And so do you give them a puff of air later with Facebook ads or what is your long-term strategy to keep the book sales up? No, see, that's, that's just it. This whole yeah. system we've talked about right, keeps the right. sales up and it keeps uh -huh. it flat and across the board. I, wow. Um, really? Every month I bring in the same amount because the, wow. the traffic, it's the statistics. They don't lie. If mm -hmm. I have a thousand people go to my website, mm -hmm. okay, and every month, and out of that thousand, say a hundred, you know, a month will click on a link, and out of that, it's ten percent, which means ten. That means ten sales every month for the rest of, I guess, life. That that see now. What most people do is they have, uh, you know, they put their books in Amazon and they get this huge bump in the beginning and then they trail yep. off into oblivion. Yeah. So this the is Amazon a, honeymoon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yep. but without without uh, digging too deep, or um, or uh, you said you can send them to your competitors. So this is a website that isn't basically about your book. No, it's about the subject. It's about the subject. You know, if we're uh -huh. talking nonfiction here, if say it's how to stop smoking, then the website's all about how to stop smoking. Right. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. It's not, it's not yeah. a book website. It, it's all about right. the subject. And what mm -hmm. I've done is, is that when the time comes that I write the book, I've collected all my articles and posts, and I've kind of compiled them, you know, rewritten them so that they flow into one nice book. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised. You'd say, well, okay, well. Pfft. I could just read his blog, you know. I don't have to. I don't have to buy his book. Right. But you know, for three or ten dollars, whatever the market is, uh, wouldn't you just like to have all the information together, neat and organized, and flowing from page one to page ninety-nine? Exactly. That's well. Like I said, I did that by accident with my first blog and book, and it worked rather well. But I'm not making a lot of money. So, how do I make more money? Put AdSense on there, or well, I should have chosen probably a better niche to begin with. So what is your top tip for yeah, getting the niche right and with the website? The top tip with getting the niche right is to uh like like we talked about, keyword mm -hmm. keywordfinder.com or right. longtail pro. Um okay. those really help out with your Google traffic mm -hmm. analysis. Mm -hmm. Um I have an article on finding the right keywords for Amazon. Right. So, you know, I like to compare the two. Right. And in this okay. case, I'll use like uh, Kindle Samurai or Kindle right. Spy, two tools that I really like that yep. are Amazon specific. Right. And I'll just combine that information together and feel, you know, look at which ones would, you know, make a mm -hmm. good project. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you uh, put AdSense on there without being too obtrusive? Some people get turned off by all those ads. You just do one in the sidebar or one in the middle. It really depends. Um, I'll look at the competitors and I'll see what they're doing. I mean, if mm -hmm. the competitors are just smacking it everywhere, then I'm just going to do it a little less, you know. Okay. Um, if no, if the competitors aren't putting it up, then I just won't do it. Mm -hmm. it. So long as I've got a book, the book is going to trump the amount of money you make from AdSense any day. Uh -huh. I think one of my best websites, I'm getting about $400 a month mm -hmm. uh, from AdSense, mm -hmm. but that website, I'm getting $1,400 a month from the book. Oh, nice. Whereas, nice. whereas in another one, you know, I'm getting only like twenty five dollars a month in AdSense, but I'm mm -hmm. getting fourteen hundred in the book. So I, it just really comes down to the to the market. Admiral um, figures. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. <laughs> and um, uh, um, so technical question: Does redirecting a domain name affect your Authority in the in the page rank in SEO. So, like my website zbooks.co is the domain name, but I'm using a Blogger blog. It's all it's all on Blogger, and all I've done was change the domain name. Is that bad for SEO? No, I don't think that that really affects SEO. Um, where 301 redirects will help your domain mm -hmm. is if, say, for example, you bought a domain that had a lot of traffic before and it had a lot of backlinks to it, mm -hmm. and you 301 redirected that to your site, right. then that passes this mythical term called link juice. 
yep. onto your website, and that's actually an improvement. Um, uh-huh. Personally, though, I like to own my site. So if, right. if you're if you have a domain and you're you're redirecting it to your blogger or to your WordPress.com, you know, or or whatever that is out there, um, you know, you're kind of at the hands of that company. Yep. And like, here's a prime example: Wix.com, right? They're right. a website builder. No, well, yeah. right now, everybody who owns a Wix website has been de-indexed from Google. Oh. Uh, yeah, Google's scrambling to figure it out because they're like, oh, man, we're so sorry. But like literally, these guys are not making any money because they're de-indexed. So nobody on Google can find them. No. Um, and and that's that's some of the problems you run into with some of these companies. I'm sure Google will fix it, but I think this is like the fourth time it's happened in two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so, know because um, okay, Blogger won't have that particular problem. But anytime Google or Blogger changed their policy, like no adult uh, blogs, they were going to delete all adult blogs one year. Last year, I think, and the blogosphere was aflame. So you're at the mercy of them. But um, yeah, uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, exactly. If you're, if you're completely depending on you know, uh, AdSense, right? Google AdSense. What if one day Google's like, okay, well, uh, we're stopping your account because you violated some obscure, you know, rule that you never knew of, you know, it's like, well, there goes a hundred percent of your income. And I'd say the same thing about Amazon. You know, a a lot of authors are like, oh, Amazon, Amazon. I'm like, Hey, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of other viable, you know, viable ones out there. They don't make as much money as Apple, but, or excuse me, as Amazon. But yep. Apple's great, Barnes and Noble, Scribd, mm-hmm. um, you name it, they're all out there. Multiple income streams. So That's right. You mentioned, and it's funny sorry. because there are some people that are just adamant, like I only buy books on iBooks, you know, or I only yeah. do it on Barnes and Noble. It's like get with the program, people. Amazon's <laughs> doing this, you know. It's like nope. Yeah. So you're just missing out on potential customers when you're just sticking with one. Right, right. So you don't do KDP Select. And um, you mentioned uh, KW Finder. What do you think about merchant words? Uh, by merchant words, are you talking about like buyer keywords? Yeah, there's um, it's merchant words. You can do an Amazon keyword search. Oh, too. oh, oh, yes. Um, I there was a couple of reserves that I had about it. I did a a internal review of them a little bit ago, and I haven't compiled enough data for me to come out with my own conclusion yet. Okay. Um, but I'm still kind of testing it out. I, I'm kind of a slow tester. <laughs> um, I've got an article coming out on Quora, you know, which we yep. talked about as one of those traffic generators. Well, I've been collecting data for almost six months now on hmm. it. Wow. I just don't want to like throw something together you know, and, and have it be like, oh, instant success, you know, and then find yeah. out that, oh, man, I'm like account got banned because that wasn't right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got six months of data, so I'm sure it's going to be good. (laughs) It it is super impressive. I'm I'm a big fan of Core. I'm not going to lie. You're going to send me a link when you you publish, right? You betcha. Right on. Um, What other productivity tools do you use? I love uh, Trello. That's Trello. really yeah, the only yeah, yeah. productivity tool I use. Really? Um, I use, yeah, because I'm a list guy. I've got this little green binder thing that I carry with me all over the place, you know, and I write ideas. Um, but my mastermind group started laughing at me over that, so they're <laughs> like, "I right, get with the program, Dave. You know, check out Trello." So Trello is great because I can now create these little stacked lists of exactly yeah. what I want to do, and it's all about the stacks. I've got one that's like crazy idea, so mm-hmm. when something pops in my head, I'll you know, jump on Trello and pop it in there. Um, right. I've got ones for, you know, what I got to do today, uh, articles that I need to write, uh, guest posts, you know, that are coming up. Right. Uh, just all these different lists, and it's really great. But what I really love, though, is, is that I can send one of those cards or stacks to my VA and say, okay, here's the stuff you got to take care of this week, and I can track that. So it's really yeah. nice. Awesome. Yeah, I used Trello for a while, but I suffer under acute bells and whistles syndrome. I get too involved with the toys and the peripherals uh-huh. and then end up doing nothing. So you are a high-ranking officer in the Navy. So how do you juggle your time between being the ebook master and, and dominating the blogosphere and being a, a ma- uh, um, lieutenant commander in the Navy? Well, I get up at 3.30 in the morning every bah! day. No. Oh, you're yeah. Ser- you're serious. Dead serious, Monday through Sunday. <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, I make a really good cup of uh, Bulletproof coffee. <laughs> what brand? 
bulletproof. Oh, really? Oh, I'm yep. gonna, okay, I'm going to check that out. We don't get that here yeah. in Germany. I'm I'm sitting yeah. here in Germany just – yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sitting here in Sri Lanka, so. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, Bulletproof is a is – a, I know Pat Flynn is his favorite. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure John Lee Dumas is also a big fan of it. But Your what it is – shake after drinking a cup, right? No, not at all actually. <laughs> um, I don't get the shakes and I don't get the headaches uh, from over-caffeination. So how do you juggle your day between uh, between your real well real your navy job and your book domination? Well, um, and you know being a father too, so I got to. Oh that yeah, one. sorry. That's yeah. a full time job. Um, For so sure. while the kids and family are sleeping, I work on the business, and then at about seven o'clock, you know, I I take the kids and you know feed them breakfast, get ready for work, go into work. Um, and then when I come home, you know, it's family time all the way through and through until the kids go down to bed. Then at that point, it's kind of the wife's decision, you know. It's like, okay, you know, does she want to hang with the hubby, or she's gonna just go to the office and go do your thing. Yeah. And uh, so we'll do that. But in all honesty, it's it's required me because I have a finite amount of time, is to be very effective and efficient with that time. And the number one killer of someone's time is social media. Oh yeah. Throw it out there. You said it. Putting more in the hour, not doing more, but putting more in the hour, being more effective, right? Exactly. So I I will limit myself. When I come to my computer in the morning, Mm -hmm. I will spend 10 minutes to go through email, and Mm -hmm. I will spend 10 minutes on social media. And if you're one of my buddies listening to this, (laughs) you've probably seen me where it's all of a sudden, okay, time's up. Got to go. Boom. (laughs) Could be in mid-sentence, but I've got to do it. Or right. else otherwise I could be on social – oh, look at that great article by Crack.com. Let me read that. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I know it. Are... I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, so. no, yeah. What, um, what do you do to combat writer's block? How many active books do you got right now? I have seven active <laughs> okay. books actually, and uh, with writer's block, you know – that's a really good question. Uh, what's funny is, is that I will, I actually have 13 books that I'm writing right now, and mm-hmm. I just kind of jump in between them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like certain subjects will motivate me, and I'll be like, oh, this is great. You know, I got something, and I've got a, a, a lead, and I'll jump on it, and then I'll kind of switch over to the other one when I start to <laughs> die out or fizzle on it. Um, okay. So I don't know if that's the most effective for writing, but for me and my uh, eclectic brain, I think that it's, it's, it, it works fine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, do you do a monthly checkup on your books and change the keywords once a month, or any kind of systematic things there? Not really. No, I. <laughs> oh, Gesundheit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, actually, what I will do is I daily I will check my rankings, you know, for the websites, and then I'll just kind of verify that there's nothing out of the ordinary because I don't, you know, again, the sales are pretty even. They're, they're almost always even. So any jumps in rankings or numbers, you know, something significant has happened and I'll just investigate uh, what that is before something bad happens. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. I, I really like that approach because you, what you have is a flat power curve, right? Not the, the Amazon honeymoon. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, so that's the long term strategies. Um, so what's the one thing you wish you knew when you were starting out? The power of networking. Uh-huh. You know, um, this is a little different from the strategy that we've just talked about, but, you know, there are so many incredible people out there, and I would say that when you decide that there's a niche that you want to focus on, okay, say, for example, you want to become the guy or girl on, I don't know, lo- losing weight, right, dieting. Right. We'll just throw that one out there. Spend the time to get to know your target market, right? Mm-hmm. Really listen to them. You know, offer assistance. Don't offer a book. You know, mm-hmm. build that trust and just continue to converse. Learn their pain points. What are the words that they are telling you? You know, are they saying, I'm fat? I want to lose weight? Of course, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to. Well, I've never yeah. been in this market, so I can't say it, but I don't think they're just <laughs> going to be like, I'm fat. Yeah. You know, but they're going to talk about that time where, you know, they went to go put on the dress, you know, that that was like fit perfectly like two months ago. And it just you couldn't even get it on. Like how embarrassing. Yeah. And see that that's a pain point. How embarrassing. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that that's what they would say because I'm not in that market, but I'm just guessing. But when you sit there and you talk to them, you get to feel, you know, their emotions, you get to experience 
the things that they've experienced, and more importantly, you get to learn the words that they use, and that helps with marketing, and more importantly, that helps you to build a relationship with pe- people who are potentially going to be your target market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, and then you said it, the keywords again. You learn their language. Bingo. And what's the most important skill one should learn to become a successful author? Marketing. Marketing. Okay, okay, because that's perfect dovetail to one of our reader questions. Uh, how do you market your books? Uh, he's, he then goes on, if you're using Amazon KDP and making 70% royalties, how do you advertise your books without getting your royalties cut to 35%? That's a really good question. The With regards to the advertisement, it depends on the path in which you send them. So. I, I'm guessing that this person's talking about like AdWords or Facebook ads. Um, the way I see it is is that the way that you make money with advertisement is that you need to streamline it. You need to stick with it. Uh, more importantly, you need to niche down. Okay, so say for example, I am writing an epic sci-fi military book. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I am not gonna try to market to science fiction lovers on Facebook, okay? That'll cost me an arm and a leg, and I will have poor turnout. Why? Hmm. Because there are so many different types of sci-fi. I'm a sci-fi fan, but there are certain types of sci-fi I ain't going to read. There's no way I would even care, okay? (laughs) So you can niche down further, all right? So now I've said, okay, I'm a sci-fi epic military. Mm-hmm. You know, is there a group? Is there a, a Facebook, you know, club out there, you know, or Facebook group that focuses on that? If there is, then hit that one. You know, that's pretty that's pretty niche. Right. Okay? Or or say, for example, you can say, well, you know, Old Man's War is a book that's going to be or that is just like the book I'm going to write. So let me advertise to people who like the book Old Man's War, you know, and mm-hmm. bam, now you have a very targeted group. Right. If you liked Old Man's War, you like mine, you know. <laughs> yeah. And now you have a higher conversion rate. Facebook likes that. They lower the cost per click, and now you start to get more of your money. Right, right. So uh, here's another question. Could you advise some useful free online SEO tools? I think we mentioned all the ones that you have to pay for, like Longtail Pro and stuff. Yep. So we, we talked about Google AdWord Planner. Um, or keyword plan or whatever it's called these days. Um, so that is free, but like I said before, that's about the number of people that search for that word. I wouldn't use their competitiveness scale as, hmm. as my go, no go criterion. However, though, kwfinder.com is free. Oh. Um, and it is super cool because, you know, it does what Longtail Pro does, but remember, under the free version, you only get five per day. Okay. That's that's cool though. So this is what I wanted to know, and probably why I'm going to buy Longtail Pro. Uh, it shows you keywords that are also what do you call it? Um, they're uh, uh, the market is looking for them, but they're not being answered. Is that the clue? Well, with with Longtail Pro, mm-hmm. it's going to give you how many people search for it per month, mm-hmm. and then it's going to give you a number between one to 99 on how competitive that term is. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell your readers that if you find a term that is 20 or less, then hit it. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, 30 or less, and you kind of got to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 or less, you know, 40 to 30, and that's, that's yeah, I don't even, I don't want to go after that. Cause, because that means the word is being searched for, but nobody's answering it, right? Usually, yeah. If you have a low competitiveness score, it means people, yeah. and, Okay, so if you see that a thousand people a month are typing in this exact phrase into Google and it's got like a 10 competitive score, then it means there's no website or page that's really addressing that one. Yeah, so that's your entry. Boom. Yep. Okay, cool. That's what I wanted to know. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right. I got a good one for you now. If okay. you could have dinner with anyone, past or present or future, who would it be? At this point, I think it would be Gary Vaynerchuk. Ah, okay. Why? You know, <laughs> well, because right now, for me, I would love to be able to get that undivided attention from him, to be able to talk to him about his marketing strategies, 
you know, the guy's a guru on Twitter. So I would just, I would totally eat up the, you know, pun intended, uh, eat up everything he had to say. And, or it could be someone like Pat Flynn. Point though is, is that that would be information that I could take and then use for my business as I continue to grow. So I'd, I'd go after that. I mean, I know there's some suave answer like, you know, uh, George Washington, you know, or something like that, but I think I'd go for the more practical, uh, marketing advice and, uh, hear what the guys who are making, you know, eight figures have mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, I'd, I would like to put a twist on that someday and meet somebody from the future and see if their the mindset is the same, you know, like a politician, for example, if they're just as, you know what, in the future as they are now, you know. <laughs> but That's uh, true. Yeah. Um, so um, could um, let's uh, summarize your marketing uh, in, in a nutshell. You you uh, you get a web you start a website. And you optimize it. You research the keywords. And well, why don't you do it <laughs> instead of me? <laughs> well, you know, we we did focus on websites, but there's so many different ways that you can build traffic, and that's really what it's about: is, mm-hmm. is that you find methods to build up consistent traffic, and then you direct it to your sales page. Mm-hmm. Don't let Amazon or, you know, or heck, think of any other uh, platform, sales platform out there like Udemy, right? I'm sure there are some Udemy people out there. You know, don't depend on Udemy or Amazon to be your sole source of traffic. Take control of it, you know? Um, and whatever it is you find, whether that's building a website, you know, or, you know, writing for other people or answering questions on platforms like Quora or Stack Exchange, find that, hit it hard, master it, and, Multiply. Right, right. And then you send them to your website, your sales page. Website, sales page, absolutely. For some, setting up a website might seem like an incredibly giant feat, right? Some people might mm-hmm. be like, oh, my goodness, that's way beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and I fully understand that. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that this technique is dead to you. Right. Because that's there's why, so many other ways to do it. That's why I asked the question, what's the first thing they should be doing in, uh, with their blog or website? And that's the keywords, right? So. Keywords can still be used because uh, you can use the keywords for um, guest posting on someone else's website because you'll still get your guest post ranked. Or you mm-hmm. can also find out what are the words that people are using in their questions on Quora. So, yeah, it, it's very – I think that's a great foundation to build right there. Yeah. And uh, what do you think is the future of ebooks and platforms, Amazon, for example, or just what's the future of ebooks? Well, I'm really curious to see what Amazon's going to do. I mean, recently Amazon started suing people. <laughs> I yeah. mean, what, it started with the guy who had a website in Seattle on like buy Amazon reviews or something like that. Oh, AMC yeah. Reviews. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. He got reviewers. sued. Yeah, he got sued, and I'm sure he's being taken to the cleaners right now. And just this past week or so, Amazon just sued 1,117, I believe is the yeah. number. I posted uh, Fiverr people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like they're on this giant manhunt for fake reviews, but I haven't seen them do anything else. I think they're just hunting that down. I don't really think it's to, to shut it down per se as to just send a message. That's a very good point because what a lot of people like myself do is we get people, our beta readers or our early bird readers, to leave a review before we launch the book. So it's so then they have to put the sentence in there. I received this book for free for an honest review. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I don't think Amazon's going against those people. I hope because those are unverified buyers, right? Right. Uh, so. Um, yeah, this is this is tricky stuff. So, uh, what do you think? Um, how do you get reviews uh, before beforehand, before launch, or at launch? Well, you know, it when you have your website up, there's I do a lot of email collection. Uh-huh. Um, so people who've come to the website in the past, mm-hmm. um, so I'll, I'll actually reach out through the email and see if any of them are interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, you know, give them an advanced copy or I could just, you know, make it a sales page, you know, like, Hey, guess what? You know, mm-hmm. top book and such and such, you know, and okay. then, and then immediately get those sales. But so. do you get, do you get, um, uh, unverified buyer reviews? Do you send out your book, a PDF in exchange for a review or do you have them downloaded on the free day? 
Well, the unverified and verified, I, I tell you this, in terms of how it affects the algorithm, an unverified review has a tiny effect on the algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. A verified review, on the other hand, is is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will I will go out of my way if I can to try to assist in getting the verified review. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So. So one of the things that Pat Flynn said in his blog is he wished he would have started the email list earlier. He waited a year or so before he started building his list. How do you wait that? Is your blog, uh, website, SEO higher priority than your email list, or how do you wait that? Well, I'll build the – it usually takes like about a month or two before a website really starts ranking. So in that month or two, I have that time to be able to build out the email opt-ins, you know, the the PDF, the free yep. guide, right. the autoresponders, all that. So mm-hmm. it all kind of falls into place. By the time people start showing up, I've already got it in place. Now, I, I, I smiled when you said that because that's a quote that I remember from, from Pat Flynn as well. <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't regret much, but that's one thing. And yeah. I tell you, you know, like I said, I've been in this for three and a half years. And I only started doing that like a year ago. And I look back, I'm like, man, I missed out on two and a half years worth of collecting emails. That's <laughs> that's thousands of potential yeah. people to yeah. market to. Uh, so you made long. the mistake too. I did too. Yeah, absolutely. Aha. Yeah. Well, right on. <laughs> I made many more mistakes than you, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your favorite author? Well – it depends, really. I would say for nonfiction, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Maxwell, John C. Maxwell, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I like reading about leadership or teamwork or anything. I like the style he uses. Oh, Each... wait a second. He wrote the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, right? That's right, yep. That Absolutely. is the Bible. That is. I mean, I don't know why more politicians haven't read that. Well, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that's that's exactly what I was going to go into was is that, you know, the beauty of it is that he never wrote anything new. There's nothing no. brand spanking new about nope. leadership. It's all regurgitated information. However, the way he presents it, it's a story. It's entertaining. And I remember it because I associate it with this, you know, this real life story about somebody who used it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's historical stories, too. So, I mean, it's just. It's incredible. So I walk away from that book being like, wow, that was entertaining, and I learned so much, not just on leadership but on real cool things. Yeah. And that's a lot of value presented inside a book. Yeah. So I, I like to emulate that when I yeah. write my nonfiction books. You know. Yeah. By the way, for our listeners out there, uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is free PDF. All you have to do is uh, uh, Google Maxwell and 21 Leadership Laws, and you'll come to the free PDF. So you're a military man. Do you guys use that book, or is it a required reading for officers? Uh, you know, there is a required reading list out there, but I don't know. Uh, the only uh-huh. book that I know that's on there is Starship Troopers. Uh, my true sci-fi nature is coming out. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, that's not on the required reading list, though, is it? Actually, it is, yeah. For the officers? Yeah, it is. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it, well – the the let's not confuse the movie and the book, right? Right, right. No, <laughs> I read them both. Heinlein, right? Yeah, Heinlein. Yep. Um. So, are you going to go to the War College? No, no. Actually, as a matter of fact, at the end of this August, I will be done with my military contract, and I will finally be able to be a full-time online entrepreneur. Ah, oh, you're not going to re-enlist? Nope. Well, well. Um. Before we get out of the military, um, I heard that. I don't know if it's, it's the officers that go to the war college, but required reading is also this German book by um, Guderian the, about the, the, the tank battles, and he was a general. Do you know anything about that? No, I can't say I do. Oh, okay. Anyways, that's a tangent anyways. So ah. Okay, so um, yeah, so you're going to – you're opening multiple passive income streams, and you're just – you're going to leave the uh, Navy and then uh, be a full-time entrepreneur. That's correct. Yeah, I'll be able to be home with the uh, with the family. Which, awesome. You know, serving in the military, I haven't exactly uh, been able to do. Well, uh, that's for me. What it's all about is maximizing time, maximizing the quality of every hour. You know, and when I mean, you know it as well as anybody else. You got while you have your side hustle, uh, profitable hobby, whatever you call it, and you've got your main job. It's really, really tough. So. I'm going to be really happy for you when you go full-time entrepreneur and, and you, you're not trading your time for money anymore. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, me yeah. too. 
So, so um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, this question: Have you ever ate an entire package of mint Oreos in one sitting? Nope. Why I not? Need, I don't need chocolate. <laughs> we don't get mint Oreos in Germany. I have to travel oh, really? twice a year to America to get them. <laughs> you don't eat chocolate. No, no. So one of those, you know, I don't know. God gave me uh, taste buds that that reject hmm. chocolate. So my wife loves it. Cause she <laughs> can buy all the chocolate in the world. She knows I ain't touching it. Okay, so my mint Oreos are safe in your house. Yep, yep. And right my on. wife's dark chocolate is always safe from me, but not the kids. <laughs> right on. Okay. <laughs> so what else? What What do you want to talk about? We got another ten minutes, I think. <laughs> Six at least. Well, well, I can tell everybody to go to Kindlepreneur because, like said, that your site is so rich. I've been looking. I don't even know where to start. I've been looking at your sales calculator. I see you've got a new one on the homepage. Uh, you've got this square, these like checkerboards now built up, so you can go to legal protection, Amazon rankings, build author authority, and. Uh, yeah, anybody who's listening, just go to Kindlepreneur.com and uh, just start there, you know? Yeah, with uh, Kindlepreneur.com, the kind of the way that I – if I were to describe the, the website as a whole is that um, it's not for how to publish, right? I'm not starting at the level of talking about how you would actually go about publishing a book. What it is is it's a website where you have published a book before or you are in process of. And you want to figure out the marketing aspect, right? You asked that question before, right. you know, what's the most important thing for a writer? And one of the things I want to say is, is that, you know, I'm not a great author, okay? Right. I'm not, but I am a best-selling author. And I think that's the key part is best-selling. Right. So, and you could write the greatest book in the world. I mean, let's face it, um, uh, Oh, uh, good Lord. I can't believe I'm forgetting your name, but the author for Harry Potter. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rowling. Rowling. Yeah, Rowling, right? J.K. Rowling. Right. She wrote the book and she sent it and she got rejected some 56 times. Okay. Yeah. That's 56 times that book came in front of a professional editor and it was not worth publishing. Okay. Yep. Finally, when the time came that somebody actually did it, okay, it was because the agent. Um, this guy, this editor owed the agent a favor and said, fine, <laughs> fine, I'll look at the book. And you know what he did? He didn't even look at it. He threw <laughs> it to his 13-year-old daughter and said, okay, you read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. about one day later, that daughter came back and said, uh, is there a second book? Yeah. And that's when the guy goes, wait, what? Yeah. And my point is this. She had the biggest money-making book in the history, okay? Yeah. I mean – we're talking billions of dollars that that industry has brought in. Yeah. And it went through all these professionals. Every one of them said Yep. That. Was it because she had written a good book? We all know she did, but it's because she didn't market it well. She even had to change her name to try <laughs> to get a chance with them. Yeah. Right? There yeah. is no K in the middle of her name. She just added that. And she was also told, hey, as a woman writing, you know – um, a book about wizardry that's not going to fly so that's why she initially she made it initials jk rowling mm -hmm. so that people wouldn't know that it was um you know a female writing it not going sexist here my point yeah. though is is that um you could have the greatest book in the world mm -hmm. but if you can't market it mm -hmm. it will most likely yeah not sell unless you win the lottery that's a really good point because Andy Weyer went through the same thing. He went yep. – you know, The Martian wasn't his first book. He tried to get a publisher. They didn't like it. So he published, I think, the whole darn thing on his blog and his fans yep. and said, put it on Amazon. He put it on Amazon and went straight through the roof because he had his fans with him. Mm -hmm. And then and then the vultures came and said, hey, we'll take your book. And, and I don't see – what. I mean, I don't know why you would then give it to a publishing house and, and settle for 10% instead of 70%, but maybe they offered him the movie deal or something to sweeten it up. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, and for some people, you know, they uh, want to focus on the writing, right? Yeah. Now, when it comes to publishers, publishers, if you have no proof that you're going to make the publisher money, mm -hmm. the publisher will not put money towards you, okay? Mm -hmm. Basically, so a lot of authors out there are like, well, I'll just get published. 
if you are not famous or you don't have a following or a giant, you know, proof that you are going to sell the book, yep. uh, the publishers say, okay, great, we'll we'll do these things for you, yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. if you don't sell the certain amount, you'll never hear from them again. Now, if you are like a famous athlete, okay, or mm-hmm. you put a book on to Amazon and mm-hmm. boom, it's proven that people like it, mm-hmm. uh, publishers will come after you, and then they're willing to put money into marketing. So then they will market it for you. But okay. then you're getting less percent, so you're maybe right. the end sum is less. Maybe it could actually end up that way. Yes. So but well, for that mar- for that writer though, it then means they can turn around and start writing another book and not have to focus on all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about ghost writers? Because ghost writers, all of a sudden, you're not a real author. But if you say co-writer, then it's okay. Uh, do you, do you use or what do you think about ghostwriters and co-writers? So I have uh, used ghostwriters before, um, but what I do is I kind of do the same thing that John Grisham does, which is I will write the intro to each one of the chapters, and you know I'll kind of give a synopsis of how it should flow through. I might even write a chapter or two to give them an example. Um, but the key though is is that I can't sell anything that I don't believe in. Exactly. So, I'm extremely hardcore about, you know, I, I definitely pray, pay a pretty penny um, to make sure that I have a top-notch book so I get a top-notch writer. Right. But, you know, if you have that website like we talked about set up, you know that you're going to make money. You've already seen that you've been sending like, you know, 10 or 20 people, you know, mm-hmm. to your competitor's book. All you got to do is just turn that faucet off and mm-hmm. turn it on to your book. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm gambling. I know that I'll make the money back. That dovetails perfectly into my rant about validation. What I do is I'll make a, a, a website and then make like a cheat sheet and, and go for the, the soft sell or the, the, the signups, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But that – your your method there is excellent. I'm going to use that one too. Um, so, right. What about uh, – what about – yeah, what's in the future for you? You're leaving the Navy and then what's next? Well, Kindlepreneur is definitely my uh, flagship. It's my passion. It's actually one of the only websites I've really put my name on, to tell you the truth. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun. I mean, you know, this is the first time that I'm able to jump on podcasts, you know, to be with you and, yeah. and your listeners. So that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I love the art. I love to design cartoons and things, which I love to mm-hmm. put on the website. So I, it's really entertaining. It, it's fun. It's a great outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just going to continue writing my books. Uh, you know, I don't want to be one of those self-publishers that then starts a website on self-publishing and then stops self-publishing. Yeah, I've got so many questions. I'll do, I'll stop with this one. What do you do yourself, and what do you subcontract, like graphics or editing or whatever? Actually, you know, I, it's it's one thing I, I wish I didn't do, but I actually <laughs> learned all of it, and I do all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, later on, content marketing, you know, I'll probably be hiring and training. And that's the key is that if you ever get a VA, mm-hmm. take the time to, to train them. I mean, take weeks. You mm-hmm. know, don't ever hire a VA when you are so busy and stressed. That's not the time to hire someone. Um, so, but for me, though, I, I do my own web design. I do my own writing. I do mm-hmm. my own, you know, SEO and research and marketing and and cartoon drawing and all that. Um, and that's that's not good. That's not a good idea. That's <laughs> something I'll have to break out of. Yeah. Okay. Well, soon you'll have the time, right? Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> Dave, thanks so much for being here. You have, you have for sure enriched a million people out there now, and this is going on iTunes and all that stuff. And thanks so much. Is there anything else you want to say? You want to plug anything? No, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to you guys. And um, for anybody listening out there, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, hit me up on the contact page at uh, kindleprinter.com. And I really do answer my emails, not VAs, none of that, me. So That is awesome. That's what I say to go to kindlepreneur.com. It is so rich. I'm not done scraping that website for all the information. <laughs> <laughs> and right. Thanks, Dave. And I will be talking to you soon again for sure. All right. Take care, Eric. Okay. Okay, my friends. If you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co 
and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.